0: Hi, I'm Lanesha Turner and welcome to Scan Harbor's Reimagining School One Year Later podcast, a show of how the pandemic changed our lives. So for the past year, schools have transitioned to the remote learning model, limiting the in-person experience. And these next couple of episodes will focus on the perspectives of those who were affected in the education field. Our organization was able to reach out to the school's families for assistance and support. And through this experience, it's important to hear from all sides from students to teachers. So today we have two special guests, um, our amazing Matthew Bendeke and Islady Torres. Woo-hoo. Um. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we move on to our conversation. Well,
1: uh, I'm an eighth grader who, uh, one of my talents is uh, English. I really like uh, English language and I also, enjoy a bit of history and um one of my uh personal talents that i like to do is uh i like to read comic books and watch anime okay
2: um yes lady torres and i'm a sixth grade from is 339 and i'm 11.
0: okay so tell us a little bit more facts he was able to tell us what he was interested in so
2: okay so i'm my favorite color is pink and purple pretty obvious colors um well i'm a girl so Anyways, um, but I really love to dance and, um, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So that our audience know, you know, who they're listening to, you know? Um, so let's get into it. So, like I said before, we're going to talk about, um, how the pandemic affected um, the education system. I know it's affected many things, but I just want to focus on, um, certain topics that uh and things that you guys were affected by and one of the things was um how difficult or easy was it to use the remote learning model at the start of the pandemic or even now
2: um so it was pretty hard like staying in your house all day like quarantined and especially when you're like you know um classes, and just, like, staying in, like, a house, and, you know, and especially when you're, like, in Google Meets, you have to log on, log off, and internet problems is, like, also one of, like, the biggest thing I've, things I've had to struggle with while being inside, um, you know, remote, and um, it's just, I just kind of feel like I can't really, like, learn stuff as I used to
0: in person. Okay. What about you, Matthew?
1: Well, remote learning is uh, pretty difficult. Like she said, like internet connection was a really big problem. And uh, you also have to know that if you have siblings who go to the same school, they're also gonna be in their own class. Sometimes they can be a little rowdy, which can disturb your focus, and you might not get the information that you need in class, which can ultimately lower your grade. So, remote learning was
0: a bit of a struggle. Yeah. I I, I can agree with that. Even with with working remotely, um, I also was living with my siblings and my parents. So, we're all trying to not be too loud because someone's in a meeting or someone's in a class. So, someone's in the bathroom with their laptop. Someone's in the bedroom with their laptop. Someone's in the living room. Someone's in the kitchen. So, for me, that was definitely... um, the difficult uh, part of the remote um, learning and, you know, as well as teaching and getting our students um, online for activities. Um, so what do you guys like or not like about school right now?
2: Right now, I would say um, like the six feet apart and not being able to do the activities you used to get to do um, like you know, like projects, and since you know, as I mentioned, I love dance. I would like to go, you know, to um, perform dances to my to my school, and you know, just have lots of fun doing activities, and also like you know, being able to interact interact with your classmates. You know, um, you know, being able to high five, but like you can't touch each other, so it's six feet apart. You know, basically, like an
1: elbow, dunk, you know, like <laughs> just you know, say hi, walk by, and yeah. You know. Uh, I guess I don't like that many things, but one thing I like is that they were able to make school feel normal again, sort of. Like, we still go outside, we still go to the gym, we still get our lessons in a remote space. You still get to stay like five feet apart from your classmates, but at least it feels as normal as possible.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely better than being fully remote because you're stuck at home every day, not being able to see your friends. But now it's you're able to, you know, see your teachers, your friends, your family. So it's it's not too bad. Um. So now that you guys are in person, um, and before you guys had the blended model where you were home for two, three days and in person for two days, or
1: yeah. Two. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. And I would rotate like three days here, three days
0: home. It was like a rotating schedule. Okay. Like at, what did they call it? ABC. Yeah. ABC. ABC model. Um. So, with all of this transition of remote to fully remote to then half remote, half in person to now fully in person, um, are you guys getting all the help that you need with your schoolwork right now well, from your teachers?
1: Yes. Uh, All my teachers uh, try their best to give every student their own personal time. And uh, most of my teachers, if a student is having difficulties with the assignment or turning it in, they'll sometimes, you know, push the date of the assignment just so that one student could turn it in on time because you never really know what's happening at home. So they're just trying to be as nice and as patient as possible.
2: So um for me, like definitely working in person was much more easier than when I was remote because there was lots of internet problems and you know going on and off um, from a different, you know, Google Meet to a different class. Mm-hmm. And especially when the teacher's trying to teach something, there's lots of background noises like my brother he's too and he would always like cry in the background, I wouldn't be able to hear the teacher good and the teachers might m- might not be working and the internet is just so to- it's totally going bad and like when we're in a certain class for example let's say ela so the ela's teachers internet goes bad mm-hmm. then she has to leave a meeting you know to fix um you know the problems and it like wastes is a whole lot of time being wasted by like internet but Now that I'm in person, I think that I understand the work that they're teaching much better. And, you know, I hear them perfectly and it's just way, you know, clearer for me.
0: Okay, okay. So, what has been most challenging about your school experience during COVID?
2: Maybe not for me, since, you know, um, like, it might be, not being able to do like I kind of like acting as well so not being able to do like my school does films and stuff kind of like you know like films about stop bullying and you know like I would since I been sixth grader I haven't, be, I haven't been able to do any of those activities you know I just got to the school and I haven't really gone you know I haven't really known the school would be like if it was normal but i would say like you know i want to do lots of activities and you know go down to the gym and we can't do that we can't do that anymore we have to stay in class all day you know going to the auditorium we can't do that or cafeteria but like you know i want to like do lots of activities as normal
1: I guess something I've been challenging is, like, when you want to do something, sometimes there'll be certain restrictions to doing that thing. Right. Like, she said she couldn't go to the gym, but I, we can. So when we're playing, sometimes, like, when they give an activity, like, they say, okay, we're going to do a drill, run around. If I get too close to somebody, it's going to be a whole thing. I have to scoot over. <laughs> and then, I keep making that mistake because
0: I'm always close to somebody and I'm screwed over. Right. It's just really annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to East Lady earlier and I was saying one thing that was challenging for me was the six feet apart rule because I haven't seen my, my students in so long. So naturally, when you first see someone, you're like trying to hug them, run to them, or they run to you. But now it's like, oh, no, no, six feet. You... Like you said, you gotta do the, the elbow pump or, the uh, the air high five, right? Elbow pumps and all that, which, is very challenging because we, haven't been in person, face to face contact in, about a year, so, um. That was definitely uh, challenging for me, um. But I want to go into, you mentioned East Lady as a sixth grader, you wasn't able to really explore the school, um. And with you being a sixth grader and Matthew being an eighth grader, Matthew, how do you feel with you being a senior and about to graduate, um, not really being able to participate in a lot of activities, or if you do, it's minimal restrictions and having a virtual
1: graduation? Well, the virtual graduation part, I really don't mind. I can see why they say that because you know, uh, Mr. Copeland recently came inside our classroom and told us that we're going to have a virtual graduation and I understand that because, you know, you don't want kids touching, like they say different for Jesus so, <laughs> so I, I can understand that, but the restriction part is like really difficult on me because, you know sports especially is, is like a close environment game, especially one that I like, which is uh, basketball, you're in a you know enclosed field, so basically, if you you can also accidentally bump somebody. So by just me touching someone else, it can be spreading the virus, right. which is always, it's a safety issue. So basically, almost every sport is gone now because of the, the pandemic, right. which is really awful. Because I like playing sports,
0: right? And that's that's one of the things too that. Um, we noticed like in the schools and for after school, that a lot of our students love sports and the main sport they love is basketball. So the beginning of the year, are we playing basketball? Is there basketball? And it's like, no, you can't. You can't because you're sharing the ball, you're sweating. It's so much cross-contamination going on. So you know what they offer? We could play virtual basketball. And guess what the response to that is? No. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm alright. You let me know when I can have a physical basketball on hand and we can play. So um, is this is boring
2: when cool. you play by yourself.
1: Yes. Also,
2: <laughs> speaking about graduation, um, so my fifth grade graduation kind of, it was virtual and since my elementary school, since I got there, that's the only thing I would think of is prom, especially prom and graduation. Like, how it would be like because we would graduate eighth grade. I mean, not eighth grade, fifth grade Mm -hmm. um so did you guys
0: have a a fifth grade prom um virtual virtual okay
2: so we had a virtual virtual and you know when i was around my friends um that's the only thing i would talk about prom you know it's gonna be my prom date you know (laughs) they would just be like oh my gosh like this again and they were like tired of me but like that's all i could think of and then the time where they said we had to go, we had to do a graduation prom virtual. Mm -hmm. It's, it was, you know, I was shocked. I was like, it was a whole like dream because when I was in fourth grade, I could um, see the fifth graders graduate, you know, they having a party, you know, with cake, you know, celebrating together and prom, it would be like, the teacher would decorate um, cafeteria, you know, and they would have lots of drinks, snacks, and being it online, it was, not gonna lie, it was pretty boring, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> um, you know, my mom actually, she felt a bit bad, you know, cause I've been dreaming about like having, you know, prom and graduation. Right. So she actually made me a party with, so me and my siblings celebrated, and I guess I'm actually kind of grateful for that, because like, it was kind of like,
0: I would say would be kind of like prom in person, but it's a celebrating night with your family. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you brought up family and friends because during the pandemic, we were on lockdown and you didn't see anybody for a year. And even after they started to open up the city, you know, there's still people that are like, no, COVID, leave me alone. I'll see you later six feet apart, have the mask on, cooties, leave me alone. So <laughs> how did it feel, or how does it feel not being able to see your family on a regular basis like you used to, or do you guys still see, your, do you guys see your family now compared to the beginning of the pandemic?
2: So uh, for me, um, I actually have like, um, so me and my mom, So I actually kind of like moved here years ago when I was three and the rest of my family was in the Dominican Republic, which I was from. So I would, you know, um, visit them like every year, you know, maybe, um, you know, stay there for a couple of days, weeks maybe. um, And, you know, just like going to get time with them, you know, and now that um, COVID has hit, like airplanes, I can't go on airplanes anymore. I can't go to airports. I can't visit them. Um, and also, my dad tested positive for Corona, so I can not be with him mm-hmm. um, until he tested negative. But now he's negative, so he's fine. That's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. But now I haven't really seen my family in a long time. But now that I'm like, you know, there's vaccines, I think there's a possibility where I can see them again. And
1: yeah. What about you, Matthew? Oh, well, I see my family
2: every day. <laughs> oh, You're like, I see them every family. day. I mean, nothing to worry about.
0: Nothing to worry about over here. <laughs> Maybe a, a little
2: less at home. Oh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, I call my step family like, and stepdad, you know. Okay. And
0: I call him I call them my family. Basically. Okay, cool, cool. So, so okay, so you see your family every day. What about friends? you yeah,
2: see them every day. <laughs> <laughs> you would have nothing to talk about. I have,
0: I have FaceTime. <laughs> I Matthew's like, listen, people. I see my people, I don't know what's going on. But but isn't it different it's when 30. you're on FaceTime rather than when you're you're in person, you guys can laugh, joke, you see each other in the flesh. But then when you're FaceTime, it's like, you're, you're restricted by a screen.
1: Yeah, it feels different. Uh, sometimes I get to see them in person, but since I haven't made that many friends, I could just knock on their door, go inside, <laughs> and we can chill. Hmm?
3: Simple. Or <laughs> uh,
1: some streaming apps like uh, video game consoles have uh, sort of helped me mm-hmm. while I was inside the pandemic. Cause for a while I couldn't see them cause I was like, I don't know if you're desperate, though. Can't right. R- can't, r- can't risk it. <laughs> so what we would do was we go on an app called Discord where we can talk and mm-hmm. see each other. I would sit, like, one of my friend girls, let's not get confused here. Okay, right. She would be like, oh, I miss you. I'm like, don't push it. Don't push it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to miss, it's okay to miss people, especially you may not know how much you miss somebody until until you've been apart for so long, I feel like that's how it's been for this pandemic. Like people who usually avoid certain people during that pandemic, they're probably laying down. Like, I wonder how she's doing. Let me let me text her. Hey, just check it in. And then they're like, I haven't spoken to you in like three years. You know? So the pan- I feel like the pandemic has brought people closer together because they realize that you know they enjoy Your a- other people's company. So. I'm glad that you're able to see your friends and you know. I
1: but, feel bad
0: now. <laughs> <see>? <laughs> now you're like, oh man. But um, but you said I hope that you know, especially now with everything starting to open up and um, you know, everybody's getting tested and the vaccine, that be able to see your family and be able to go down there or they able to come over here. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, you know, you can definitely FaceTime them as much as call them. That's what I did during the pandemic. I never, I never called so many people in my life. Is there a hey. time zone
1: difference grandparents mm-hmm. A what? A time zone difference. You know what that
0: is? Yeah. Like, like a difference. So like right now it's, it's four o'clock here, but somewhere else it's eight o'clock in the morning.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. um, yeah, that's, I mean, so what were some things that you guys did to like cope and like help keep you sane because being locked in the house for a year with siblings and relatives that you probably at one point were like I'm gonna go crazy like what were some things that you guys did like did you read did you listen to music Did you um, things like that
1: for me half of it felt like a mini vacation and the other half felt like torture.
0: Like, vacation
1: the, tor- the vacation <laughs> to part was because I was in my house uh-huh. and the torture part is because some of my siblings uh, one of my brothers Nathan, he's named Nathan we're like we're very close but we get into random debates all the time he would say something retarded and it just pisses Not me um, uh, it would just <laughs> hurt me in some type of way and then we don't talk to each other for like a few minutes and we just forget about it
0: Oh do It'd be a baby thing Okay
2: What about you? <laughs> so For me It's So frustrating Cause You know like Now that I get to Actually go to school I didn't mm-hmm. mention That when I was remote Um And then I got out of school You know Just You know School was over Dismissal Um So There's Me My little brother My baby sister And my big sister um. So we're all in this, you know, same house, and my mom. Oh my god, she couldn't heal it. So me, and my big sister arguing, and my little brother and my babies, my my little little my baby brother, which was two, and my baby sister would just you know be crying because they're babies. And then you know I would try to help um, my mom, and you know my mom's. The family's just all over the place, you know, being stuck in the same house. Because my my big sister will usually be going out with her friends. Um And yeah, my brother and my brother's and sister would go to a daycare. And I guess I would just, I don't know, I guess be in after school or something like that. And my mom gets to, you know, rest. It's like in quarantine, like in a whole house. It's just um,
0: It's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Especially for my mom. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mentioned before, I was. It was myself, my two sisters, my mom, and my stepdad, and we're all adults. So it's like you want to have your space. I'm on you know, I'm on the phone talking to staff or talking to students. My sister's talking to her students, and you just hear shh shh. I'm, I'm talking. I, I'm in a meeting. Or we're in the room, we're so used to turning the lights off when we leave the room, so while I'm in a meeting, my sister leaves and turns the light off, and then I'm like waving at her, she turns it back on, so then it's like, they're looking at me like, what's going on? I'm like, why did the light turn off? And I'm just like, trying to play it off, like, oh, no reason, just, you know, little, little special effects here, but, um, so yeah, it's been a lot, it's been, it has been a very long year from, you know, communicating and seeing family, and Being in a household with everybody and learning remotely and having um, complications with internet and social distancing. Um, So as the city is starting to open up again, and, you know, we said that this is our new norm. um, But, you know, there's always going to be, you know, we still have to be six feet. We still have to wear the mask. What is some advice that you guys would give to your peers during this time?
1: One some advice I can give is uh stay strong basically, cause like you might face some difficulties, but if you work it out, you you can really like succeed. Like uh for the pandemic, like it really hit my house pretty good, but uh, we were able to overcome it because I just even though they were kind of loud, I stay focused, I try and tune them out. Also buy some headphones. Headphones are a must. Headphones. <laughs> Headphones, what about you this lady?
2: <laughs> okay, so for me, um it would be so I mentioned I'm a dancer a mm-hmm. like hundred times. But um when I was in probably third grade, fourth, when I got to my elementary school, um like we had to do dances, you know, and just perform dances. I, mean, I didn't really like it. So I just did it to do it. I mean we had to, no choice, you know. Um So basically, so when I was in quarantine, when we were in quarantine, um, there was nothing to do in the house, you can't go outside because everything was shut down. So I guess I searched up on YouTube and, um, you know, dancing things, you know, stuff to do um, when you're in quarantine. And also, I'm a a TikToker too. So I would go scrolling through my 40th page, see people dancing. Um, um, so tic- TikTok is an app that you use, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a really okay. popular app, okay. just putting it out there. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I searched, so on my year page, I would see dancing and Charlie D'Amelio inspired me a lot. So I just did, started doing dancing. My mom could hear me, you know, across the living room banging (laughs) the She's like, what's going on? Like, what? And I'm just sorry. But, you know, um, I just started doing dancing while I was in quarantine and I found something fun to do. And also, when you're in in the house, you know, just be creative, you know? Um, You know, be creative, spend time with your family, do maybe game nights. And try putting, like, if you wanted to go somewhere, try putting, like, for example, let's say, um, museum, probably. So just try being creative, doing it indoors, maybe, you know. Um, that's definitely possible.
0: Yeah, I've heard about that, like, um, virtual museum trips and virtual yeah. field trips where you go to the zoo and you, or virtual uh, amusement parks where is like you are on a roller coaster. Like that's 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 cool. Yes. I think those are great points. Being creative and staying strong because you know, like I spoke to you guys before that you know, there's been a lot of students that, you know, they couldn't handle um the experience going through the pandemic and especially being in school and not feeling like they were able to talk to their parents, talk to their their teachers, um you know, a lot of students were very depressed and a lot of students committed suicide. So I really love the advice that you guys are giving to your peers because um, sometimes you need to hear it. You may say, I know, I know. But peer to peer, you're giving them this great information, I feel like. It'll definitely impact them in a really great way. Um, thank you guys so much for joining our Skin and Harbor podcast. I enjoyed your input. Um, your perspective, your thoughts, and your experiences. And I'm excited to talk about more um, in the upcoming year. Um, This is Linnea Turner, and this is the Scan Harbor Reimagining School One Year Later podcast. Hi, I'm LaNasia Turner and welcome back to Scan Harbor's Reimagining School One Year Later podcast. On the last episode, I spoke to two middle school students from is 39 in the Bronx. They shared their experiences throughout the pandemic. So today's episode, we have two more special guests, Jamel Martin and Sean Dart, who are educators and administrators at is 39. Thank you both for being here today.
4: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, glad to be here.
0: Okay, so tell me um, a little bit about what you do
5: at IS-339. So at IS-339, I'm the attendance coordinator. I'm in charge of making sure the children are online and making sure they come into school every day. Um, and also, I work through the after-school program and scan as the activity specialist. And I'm in charge of the Gentlemen's Club, where I work with a group of boys, and I teach them on how to grow from young, from young boys to, to young men.
4: Okay, hi right. What about you, Sean? What do you do? Um, I do. I work with the computer technology, and I also am a school aide. So I help the student. I help the teachers keep the students in the room, and like if there's anything that needs to be done during, around the building that they need help with, they'll call me. And also, I'm a group leader for the after school scan. And then after school, I do the group anime and also newsletter and soccer for the students.
0: Okay, so you guys you guys do a lot, I see it, which is great. Too much, too much. <laughs> so at the beginning of this pandemic, there were a lot of transitions. Um, students went from being fully in-person to fully remote, and then um, you guys were following the hybrid uh, model of some students coming in um, in-person while others were still remote. So how confident were you guys to provide effective instruction during the pandemic?
5: So during the pandemic, um, my confidence level was like mediocre when it came down to um, the instruction for after school or even during regular school. Um, Whereas we were building and flying. So we were learning things as we were going along and learning how to do things. So, you know, the confidence level kind of grew now that we have it under wraps and we know how to pretty much make sure the children are doing what they need to be doing and providing them everything that they need at this moment.
4: As for me, in the beginning of the pandemic, my confidence level was low. The simple fact is um, I teach and I like to work hands-on in person. Right. So being virtual didn't work out well for me. Because another thing is I get distracted fast. So as the person who's instructing you getting distracted, it could be very difficult.
0: Okay. So um, you guys talked about uh, making sure that the students were logging on uh, for their classes. Um, how concerned were you guys about the students and their academic growth, um, knowing that they had internet um, issues or they just weren't logging on to class?
5: The concern level was high. extremely high. When you talk about the connectivity issues and the device issues, that was like the biggest problem we had up until like I want to say today. Um, we still have the students that have connectivity issues and have device issues. So um, as long as we're going to be in this hybrid mode with students are remote and in person, um, the connectivity and device issues are always going to occur. So, you know, um, we were very concerned that the students wasn't getting the uh, proper instruction that they need because of those particular issues.
4: We were so concerned to the point where we were reaching out to parents and students to come and pick up a laptop or come get it replaced, and days and weeks will go by and they didn't come, and then we're still calling. Like, the student needs a, a computer or an iPad to do some work or something.
0: Wow. so was anything like done about that, or parents
4: just never I believe at contacted one point, the school? <laughs> we had
5: some home visits and dropped some stuff off? Definitely home visits. It got to the point where um, we had two kids who just never came and got the computer where we had to take it to them. Just because, you know, parents are not answering the phones, and that's due to the whole pandemic and people losing their jobs and stuff, you know. Family started to lose income, so those little things as far as like you know, a cell phone bill was just something hard to pay. Right. So you yeah. know, we had to start doing wellness checks and checking on our kids and make sure everything was okay, and utilize our own resources to see how we can help and provide for them the things that they needed.
0: Wow. So, how concerned were you guys about um, the student's social emotional well being? Because I know during uh, the start of the pandemic, there was a lot of students who were Um, depressed, and um, there were even reports of like students, middle schoolers, committing uh, suicide.
5: So I can say during the pandemic, at the height of it, around April and May of 2020, um, I know with my after school group, um, we talked a lot about the emotional piece and their well-being. Like, you know, we did a lot of wellness checks with the kids during that time on a daily basis, you know, sometimes you felt like you were repetitively um, calling the same kids and asking the same questions. But eventually, you know, you got those kids that opened up to you and they would like really express to you how they were feeling. And then sometimes you'll really find out that some of these kids were really going through some real bad emotional stuff going on in their households that, you know, they needed that, that one individual to, make them feel confident enough so that they, they knew that everything was gonna be all right at the end of the day.
4: I was concerned to the point, well, I began I began to get even more concerned because I'd be at home and it'd be late night and i have students writing me like, mister, um, I'm bored, I don't really have anything to do. Can you send me something that I could watch? Send me something that I could read and all that. So it was like, they're in the house doing nothing and then they, I even had this one kid that kept telling me, like, he was stuck thinking about just everything that happened while he was in school. Like, all the bad things that happened, because he had nothing else to do. So yeah. that, that made me feel the type of way, and I was like, nah, how can I help him so he can get out of his head? So I ended up sending him, like, a whole list of animes to watch. And, legitimately, in, like, two days, he finished seven animes? Episodes? Seasons. Oh. <laughs> like, he finished seven animes with, like, two seasons each. Wow. So,
0: like, I know for, for after school, um, you guys had to do wellness checks. And there were students in the beginning who were not responding to anything, calls, emails, activities. And then it wasn't until, like, the end of the year when students finally responded. But they were letting us know that they were going through their own personal Um, issues and and, you know, trauma so.
4: Even with that, with the after-school, like I had to get to get in touch with students, I had to reach out to other students to contact them so they could contact me just so I could know that they're alright.
5: Yeah, we definitely had to utilize other resources. I know even as the group leaders, we had to kind of reach out to each other because some people had relationships with certain students that were a little stronger mm-hmm. than others so it kind of worked out you know if Mr. Um, Mr. barrett sean had a kid in his group that um had a better relationship with me then we would swap kids and i would reach out to his kid yeah, and then i'll give him a kid that <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that i was having a hard time getting getting through to and kind of build certain relationships through that way
4: and it helps it helped, it helped a lot
0: So you you guys mentioned um, the relationships you have with your students. So compared to last year, how much harder or easier was it to form new relationships with your students and parents?
5: I think it was kind of easier and harder, but I think it was more easier because it was easier when when students were able to realize the trust level. Like, you know, if you keep constantly calling and checking on them, then you built that relationship with the kid, you built it with the parents. And then it was just a trust level. Like, you know, I had one kid, he was going through a whole emotional roller coaster in his household, um, abuse abuse between his parents and his nervous level was just beyond um out of control where he was reaching out just to to, to just to kinda get that that um ear to just vent and kinda just um reaching out for support in his household, you know, and he utilized me as one of those resources and I was able to get him in contact with our guidance counselor and, you know, was able to help his mom and get some help into their household because, you know, this pandemic forced families to be in the household and people to really deal with real issues that they were dealing with that most students wasn't aware of because they were in school eight hours of the day. Right. So, you know, being in the household, they kind of seen... A lot of things that they normally wouldn't see because they're not home all the time together.
0: Yeah, on our our last episode, um, one of, I believe it was East Lady, she was talking about how um, with her being home with all of her siblings, um, it was too much for her because she's used to just going to school and coming home. But she said it was really overwhelming at times and um, she couldn't take it. Um, But I know you guys... Help the students. You guys help the parents. You guys probably help all the other teachers and any other faculty who are having um, their issues with their classes. But um, I want to know how the pandemic has affected you guys. So, what kind of effect um, did the you know the remote learning model um, have on your social emotional well-being?
4: The remote learning model, personally. It brought me to hell and back. Like, I I, I, I was battling my own, like, thing that, while trying to help the students, too. So, it was kind of rough for me also. But, this, being at home was a struggle. Because it was like, it was just me. And then I had to work. And it just felt like all I was doing was going to sleep, wake up, work. Going to sleep, wake up, work. Ranks repeat. Same cycle. Yes. Nothing. <laughs> but then once we came back into the building, it was like... Everything was just lifted. The world was right again. Cause now I'm able to interact with my students more. It was making me feel better on top of me making them feel better. Yeah. And it's like the conversations were just great. It was something that I wasn't used to having while being remote.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was a uh, an emotional roller coaster. You know, <laughs> some days, you know, most people see me you know it's like oh you were kind of like the rock to a lot of these kids but then sometimes when you reaching out to some of these kids or you're trying to reach out to a particular kid it becomes an emotional roller coaster because now your brain cells is wondering what's going on with them are they alive are they okay, are they okay? you know so sometimes when I couldn't reach certain kids for like a week I was reaching out to all kinds of sources of me social media or whatever the kids may be. PlayStation, anything I could use to find them, you know. And then when you find those kids, you get that relief, you know, that everything is okay. So you know, it was definitely was an emotional roller coaster. But personally, um, it, it helped me as an individual to learn a lot about just people in general. Mm-hmm. And um, then you start to realize that you know those little, those, life is so short. It's the little things that really matter. You know, just a simple like hug you get from certain kids in the morning or. That smile you see on certain kids' face when they see you, it kind of just brightens or one your day. That corny joke. That corny right. joke. Or those kids with those corny jokes.
0: You don't realize what you got to <laughs> you don't corny
5: You don't realize how much you miss certain kids. Like, we had one kid last year, her name was Salimata. And Salimata would try to give me a hug every single day she came to school. But when the pandemic hit, it's like, <laughs> yo, you miss just her just, just being annoying to you and trying to <laughs> hug you because it's like, yo you wake up, like he said, you wake up, you go to sleep, you go to work, and it was just like a repeated cycle. You didn't go outside, you stuck in the house, you the same four walls. So it made you feel like you was in some kind of a sane asylum. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: No, I, I definitely agree. Even when, um, for after school, trying to reach the students, it was hard because you're used to seeing them every day. And when you don't see them, like you mentioned, um, Martin, that You know you're wondering oh my gosh they haven't logged on in two days three days four days is everything okay and some of them are just like they're they're trying to process everything as well and they may not want to um you know join activities but it takes a toll on you because you really miss your students
5: and it was just the little things you know like the you could have a whole group when we were in person like in person my gentlemen's club was we, we we had a full house when we hit the pandemic, it was like two loyal kids mm-hmm. that you could get. I was getting on, and it got to the point where I made the activities we did online so fun that there was times I forgot, like you be in the midst of your own life in the house that I would get phone calls like, "Uh, mister, it's four o'clock, Uh, you gonna start your Zoom? <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh yeah, I gotta go. So, you know, just because they look forward to being here for those two hours, and we could have just sat on that camera and talked about any and everything, from the whole George Floyd case, to remote learning, to pandemic, to the election, to Donald Trump, to whatever relationship issues they were having, family issues. Like, we talked about it all. COVID, you name it, we, we talked about it.
0: And that time was, you mentioned the George uh, Floyd case. That that was very woman too. Like, you dealing with COVID, you dealing with the case, you, you're dealing with protesting, like, it was a lot. you dealing with like,
5: riots, you dealing with looting. It
0: was a lot of stuff happening during that time. And you
5: were dealing with fireworks at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> For these on these like, unlimited fireworks.
0: And then my whole sleeping schedule kind of took the opposite way. Like, I wound up going to sleep at 7 in the morning, and then I'm up all day, so that, that messed me up a lot, so... It was crazy. Um, So, how has COVID affect, uh, affected you and your family? What are some things that you guys went through? Mm-hmm.
4: I had couple deaths in my family. Not because of COVID, but during the time of COVID. All right. And, like, my mom was struggling and stuff, and then I had my own problems. So, it's like, how do I... Like maintain, I, I automatically want to help my mom despite whatever I'm going through. So it's like I'm gonna put her first, and then I'm gonna put myself second. You're
2: and okay. then that
4: also puts me in like a deeper hole. So it's like I was just dig it. Covid was just basically helping me dig my own grave when it came to like me and my
5: family. Wow. Yeah, for me it was a. Yeah, it's good and bad days. I, I learned a lot during Covid during the quarantine. Um, Particularly about myself, I learned about how much money I spend when I'm at work. Because I was able to save a lot because we were cooking and eating and out eating in the house. Um, My family, like I think we grew a lot closer during COVID because we used to do like family Zoom chats every weekend just to check on each other and they kind of had had us reaching out to family members that are out of state. Like my cousin, I have a cousin that lives in Alaska. And a cousin that lived in Arizona. so Ooh, last week. Yeah. So we used to do family Zoom chats on Sundays that'll start at six. And if you look up, it's one o'clock in the morning. And we're still on Zoom having a conversation, playing family games with each other. Um, But the one thing that stood out to me the most was my niece. Like, I learned so much about my niece academically during COVID. It was just amazing. Just to see her in her Zoom classes and her brain cells in a way she processed and did her work. It was just so amazing. And then she was only in first grade at the moment.
4: First grade. Wow. Also COVID helped me get closer to my little sister Jada. Like I already felt like <laughs> I was close to her, but now I just feel like that's that's my own child. That's my daughter. That's
0: Jada, my daughter. I love Jada. Like
4: it's just, I, I found out so much things that I thought I knew, but yeah. I ain't really actually knew.
0: Yeah. And I know for, like for me, similar to Martin, like my family and my friends, we started having those uh, Zoom calls once a week and um, stuff like that. But do you, does your family continue to have the Zoom calls or did it kind of die down once Um, everything was lifted?
5: (laughs) It it died down a little bit. Um, And the reason why is because my family is as the close as they are because of me. So if I'm not available to start it, then they're not going to happen. I'm the, I, I pretty much, well, my mother and my aunt say that I'm the glue that keeps my family together. Mm. So, you know, if Jamel's having a Zoom call, everybody's going to pull up. If my aunt's having a Zoom call, it's five of us there. So, you know, so if I have the time to do it, then, you know, we do it and we have them. Even with my friends we started doing zoom parties on fridays to enjoy just enjoy the time to try to keep some realization going on in our life
0: and it was sean this um it's similar with like my sisters because we work we come home we work we come home we haven't really like we don't like spend time with each other to like talk with each other so like during um, quarantine, we actually learned like new stuff about each other, which was um, it was pretty cool, you know. I mean, now it's, it's not really the same. It's like, oh, I know too much about you. I know enough. I don't, I don't really care. I'll see you when I see you. Um, so, what have you guys learned about yourselves as an educator and a person during this time?
4: Um, as a person, I learned that I need to just let go. Of that it and not my tr- not let everything trigger me because it would be like something that shouldn't really get me upset gets me way past upset where I turn into like browser <laughs> and as an educator I learned to like I, <laughs> <laughs> as an educator I learned to if I have something in mind and I have, like, I have it planned out in my mind get it down on paper because it's going to turn out amazing don't let nobody
5: change what you want to do.
0: I like that.
5: Yeah, I like that too. Um, As an individual, as a person, it, it's kind of the same. I've learned to just let things go, not let little things bother me and keep you on the zone and not hold on to grudges, you know. I've learned to just kind of just, um, you know, they say sometimes you can um, forgive people and not forget how things go. Yeah. I've learned to just kind of forget things, you know. It's like either it, either you're gonna let things bother you and it's just gonna mellow away and then your brain cells is always gonna think about it, or you're just gonna let it go and forget about it and move on. So, you know, I learned a lot, you know, during the pandemic I didn't lose too many people that was close. I had one real deaf that was like really, really close to me mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter that she was the same age as me it's kinda of, was kinda of weird afterwards, even when her birthday came up this year. Um, but I just learned to just let things go. But as an educator, I, I kind of learned that um, I kind of have a creative mind that I didn't even really know I had, um, especially when I actually sit down and really think about it and put my mind to certain things and practice with it. I didn't really know that some of the creativity that existed that I like to do actually was really can be brought to light.
0: So you guys, you guys went through a lot this past year. And as educators, um, you know, making sure that um, our students are okay, making sure our parents are okay, um, and you guys were able to eventually adapt to the new normal. Um, So what advice would you give to other educators who feel discouraged or feel like they're not doing enough or still trying to adapt to the new normal?
5: I would say um, you just got to believe in yourself. You know, during this pandemic, uh, it, it's kind of weird. Like, me and Sean already had a relationship, but I feel like it got, like, even stronger during the pandemic to the point where, like, the confidence level on both ends, I feel like is like, higher than where it was a year ago. Um, the relationship is stronger than where it was a year ago. So like, you know, during this pandemic, I, I, two things I could say is, you gotta find somebody to lean on to kind of just keep you going and flowing. You find and you definitely gotta um, just believe in yourself. You know, stick to your own ideas. If you believe something and there's something that you wanna do, stick to it and, and see, you gotta fight for yourself and see through it to the end.
4: Definitely. And I'll show you this advice. It's real simple, alright? Right. Never give up. No matter how hard it gets, it only gets better. It doesn't get worse. Because you're already at the bottom. You only could go up. That oh,
0: was
4: nice. I like that. Gotta
5: rise like the Phoenix.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me go to the top, cause the bottom is too crowded. But oh, a whole bunch of angry people. Don't be one of them. I was.
1: Oh, you know
0: <laughs> I, was. <laughs> I was those people. Was. Um, but thank you guys so much oh, for your. Yeah. The... Another oh. thing. All right. And
4: All right. as an educator, <laughs> it's like if you like come into like a rock, speak with your students, cause they, you probably think they don't know much, but they know a lot, and they could help you overcome that rock. Cause personally, that's what happened to me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Some kids will give you some advice or tell you something, and it's like
4: you look at it different. You're
0: like, wow, okay.
4: We didn't think of it like that.
0: Sometimes you're an adult and you think, "Oh, I know this," and you're a child. But sometimes, you know, children teach you more than you think, and that's why I love students so much. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us today. I appreciate your experiences, your insights, and your thoughts. Um, I'm Lanasia Turner, and this is Scan Harbor's Reimagining School One Year Later podcast.
5: That's and we're right. out. Yay! See you Until later. next time. Until next
0: time. Hi, I'm Linasia Turner and welcome back to Scan Harbor's Reimagining School One Year Later podcast. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to some of our exclusive IS339 parents. I was able to speak to students and educators, and I feel that parents had their own experiences that should be heard. So I would like to welcome Thalia Hicks and Anne Marie Beach. Welcome, guys.
6: Hi, my name is Thalia. I have a daughter who's in the eighth grade and is now in hybrid learning. Hi,
3: my name is Anne Marie. I have a son who is in the sixth grade,
0: and he does remote learning. Okay, so two different two different models. So. We could really dig into that today. Um, So with everything transitioning from in-person to fully remote, um, how satisfied were you guys um, with the learning structure at 339? Um,
6: At the beginning when everything first shut down, I felt that everything was just all over the place. Um, I felt like there wasn't a concrete plan As the transition from in-person to remote learning, um, I know it took everyone by surprise, but I felt like there should have been at least an idea of this coming or happening um, based on news reports, and they weren't prepared for it the way that I expected them to be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I felt like it was was very abrupt how it happened, and like... They wanted everyone to just deal with it and be like, "All right, we're all fully remote. You guys can figure it out," not realizing how um, much everyone is like affected by it. Yeah,
3: I totally agree with the fact that it wasn't structured the way it should have been brought to my attention. So, like, if they would have explained how remote learning was going to be, I would be able to understand a little bit more. But since the timing of it and having a child home at the same time, it mess up my way of my daily plans every day because I have to also pay attention to his structure with remote learning. So it's it's a bit difficult, but um, he has to do it and I have to be there to help.
0: Okay, so it was definitely um, a challenge um, during quarantine. So Were you able to support your child's education during distance learning? I felt,
6: I honestly feel that my child has lost a lot of her education. Um, There's a lot of new ways of teaching, especially math and science that I never learned. So I was unable to help her in a full capacity. And I felt like I hindered her a little bit. Um, because I didn't understand the work, so I couldn't fully help her understand the work. And it caused her, in my opinion, to be set back with, in where she should be in her educational experience right now.
3: So for me, I was able to support him with his work. But at the same time, it was a bit challenging because I have, I have twins at home. So it's kind of hard to help him doing remote learning. But overall, he he did it. He's doing it. Excuse me. He's doing it now, and I'm I'm here to help him. So that's 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 what I'm doing right now.
0: All right. So I I hear that you guys had your challenges um throughout the pandemic. Um, I know there were some students who had um issues with connectivity, um so they weren't able to log on to the classrooms. Students were sleeping throughout um, their Zoom sessions, not logging on. So can you guys tell me a little bit about um, the challenges that you had in terms of your child logging on for classroom activity?
6: So I would say one of the biggest challenge was making sure she was logging in on time. Um, I'm not used to... I'm used to just getting ready and leaving the house and dropping her off, but it was a whole new experience of me working from home and also setting her up to work from home and making sure she was doing everything. Um, There were times when she would go to sleep or would just, you know, get up and do her own thing and I had to redirect her or wake her up, Um, but... I think for the most part, she's been pretty good at making sure that she's in class and doing the things that she needed to do in order to get it done. So,
3: my child, um, this challenge that he faced, because it's sometimes hard for him to get up from the bed and not be in class in his bed, with covers on his head. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it was
0: a bit like, literally in bed. Yeah, while really in, class. in bed
3: while he's in class. So I had to like break that out of him to get out from the bed, go on the table, and to make sure like he's on the table so the so the teacher know, okay, he's he's up. He's ready. He's not in the bed with the covers on him. So like, you know, the teacher looking like you shouldn't be in the bed. You should have the covers. You know, it shouldn't be at home. So like, that's where I have to try to break that out of him to be like, get up. You have to get an hour before. Go get, get breakfast or wash your face. You know, you can watch tv for a little bit, and when class start, go on that table and do your work. So that's a child that have to break out of him where he, I can't wake him up too late I have to wake up early like an hour early so he'll be ready for school so that's had to break out in
0: so since the pandemic started how has the transition been from your child being in school from eight to two three o'clock to now being home every day
6: it has been a very difficult transition um you know because she's in middle school they still have a lot of breaks in between. And I found myself struggling to find things for her to do in between those breaks. That wasn't just her either just watching the TV or playing on the iPad. Um, I had to really do research about activities and educational apps that she can use. So that she's still learning something even though, you know, she's at home learning. Um, and it took me probably six to seven months to figure out exactly what the way that I needed to lay out her day or the way I needed to contribute to her structure that I didn't I never thought about before because you know I'm so used to her not being around me during the day. Right. Um and I also struggled with working and having her so I would be in meetings and then she would be asking questions for support and you know I don't want to dismiss my child but at the same time I still had a responsibility so I had to figure out how to juggle both things without anyone feeling like I was lacking or dismissing or being disrespectful to them in any way
3: um for me the transition been very difficult because I do a lot more now because my child's home every day. And I can't do stuff in the daytime because he's home every day. But I love it, you know? Because at the end of the day, he is home doing his work. I love to see him do his work. Also, pay attention to how he's doing his work. Um, Also, transition with the fact that I'm a new mom with twins, so I got to... Also help him and also be there for my twins, so it's a lot on me. But at the same time, I'm doing it. So I'm still learning to transition and transition him to help him when he's home every day with me instead of him being in school where I can do a little bit more and ready for him to come home where I can help him with, from there. But
0: yeah. Wow, a new mom with twins. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> how old How old are your babies?
3: Oh, they're months. Oh, so they're, they're
0: babies. They're
3: babies.
0: Wow, two boys, one two girls, one boy, one oh, girl. Oh, no, that was a
3: boy and a girl.
0: Oh, the whole package.
3: The whole package.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um so has COVID affected your employment at any time? And if so, how? Um
6: I would say that it it had I'm going to say that it slightly has um I work in a school so for most people who work in schools a a big sum of your extra money comes from either per session or overtime opportunities and because we were in covid and working from home there wasn't that overtime or per session opportunity available which cut into a lot of you know or vacation time or you know Spending money for her to go see Things or to do things and I you know I had To figure it out you know while I'm still Saving money while she is home While she was home I mean To Because you know she's not buying lunch or She's not you know taking the bus I'm not taking the train I don't have to Pay for gas I do save money But That that extra Chunk of money that was coming in that we used to spoil or to do things with her we no longer have and you know we've started to adjust and figure out how to make you know things ha- still happen even without that
0: extra chunk of change okay so with you working in a school are you guys fully remote or are there students in the building now
6: um there are students in the building we're at a 25% capacity mm-hmm so we have or i work in a high school so we have the ninth and twelfth grader come in, ninth and twelfth graders come in on tuesdays and wednesdays and then the 10th and 11th graders come in on thursday and friday um each class we have about 10 kids to a class and there are about six classrooms so no more than 60 to 70 kids a day come in but it's it's still an adjustment and it's still very different than what school used to be i will say
0: and it's like for, for you it's no getting away from it because your child goes to middle you know middle school and you work in a high school so you're at home dealing with your students while trying to make sure that she's doing what she needs to do so Wow, yes. I, I, I commend you for that. that yes, is... thank you.
6: It's, it's been an adjustment, but we're making it work. We're making it work.
0: Woo-hoo. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Amory?
6: Um,
3: So, COVID did affect my employment because I worked in a hospital. And before I got pregnant, it was really crazy working in the hospital because there was so much going on that everybody was scared to even... Touch or be around, or even be next to a person who who people think they had COVID. So it was it was a lot going through at that severe time, knowing what's going on with COVID. But it affected me a lot emotionally too, because I had to work and also had to come home to my son before I was pregnant. So and him learning to not be in school because a pandemic the pandemic started. So it was a lot into. Um with me coming home and making sure like I'm good and also helping him and make sure he's good, so it was just you know at that time it was it was a lot going on but yeah
0: hey what what did you do at the hospital
3: oh I I work as a pCA so as a patient care assistant, so basically like I see oh thank you <laughs> so, um so basically I I change I change patients. I clean patients. I bathe them. You know, a home like a home care assistant, but mostly like physically hands-on with the patient. Um, I've been in a room with the COVID. You know, you have to make sure with a COVID patient. You got to make sure you have PPE on you properly. Also, had a patient who died on me. I had to help wrap up body. There was a lot of emotional things going on at the hospital, and there was a lot of like tension. But at the same time, it was like also making sure you coming home to make sure you're safe, because in the day I had to come home to my son. So that was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was very, um, crazy in the beginning. But right now it's like it's more common now because now there's a vaccine. But yeah, overall, at that time it was very crazy.
0: Wow. I mean, I could say you both were, well, you both are essential workers. Um you know, you are in the hospitals, making sure that people are okay, and, you, and Thalia, you're in the schools, you know, making sure that um, students are still learning and logging on and, you know, not being, being there to support them um, academically, mentally, um, and Anne-Marie, I think it's awesome that, you know, you were still in the hospital, but also keeping in mind that your mental health is more important um, for you and your family, so. Um I salute you both.
3: Oh thank you. Thank, you. <laughs> thank
0: you. Um so with with that being said, talking about uh mental health during the pandemic, um, how concerned were you guys about your child's social emotional well being at the start of the pandemic and right now? I I was very, very worried um
6: at the beginning. Um First, I was more, I thought about more of her safety related to COVID than I thought about her mental health or anything. In that, you know, bracket, Mm -hmm. um, I felt that once we got to the summer of 2020, that's when things really started to, you know, the way that life was set up made me really think about the fact that she didn't have any social interactions with anyone in her age group. Mm-hmm. It was just either mom, dad, grandma, grandparents, and that was it. Um, but once summer started and you know everyone started getting tested and making sure that they were clean and were taking proper precaution precautions, we were able to have her interact with family friends that we felt comfortable with, um, because there was a point where we were concerned about, you know, her falling into either a depression or into this, you know, self-isolation because she couldn't speak to anyone or she couldn't hang out with anyone like she normally would. Right. Um, and then it made me think about my students. So in my school, we experienced a lot of students who did go through depression, so I think that's one of the reasons it started to set in my mind is because I'm seeing it happen with kids that are older than her. Right. That, you know, are a little more resilient. Little, they understand things a little more. So it made me really start to think about how my choices of keeping her isolated from everyone else or keeping her in the house might have affected her mentally uh, more than anything else. So that's one of the reasons why I had her go back to hybrid learning because I didn't want to be the reason that to hinder her, to cause her to be in that position anytime soon.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, there were even, you know, a couple of cases where there were middle school students, even elementary school students committed suicide because they were, um, you know, depressed because they haven't been outside. They haven't had that face-to-face, in-person interaction Um, and you know, you don't realize how much you need that you know, before we kind of I guess took it for granted because you're around people and then now with everybody being on lockdown and not going anywhere um, you know, it really makes you think about things to, you know, to the people and the things that you did before when we were in person, you know, to appreciate it more.
6: Yeah, I agree.
3: Uh, For me well my child, he don't feel no way. He love being home. <laughs> he don't mind if he stay home from the beginning to now because <laughs> all he do when he finish school, he go straight to his tablet and then he plays games. But I mean, he shouldn't go straight to it and do his other stuff that make him happy, make him happy. But at the same time, he don't feel he he understand what's going on. But like in the beginning, he didn't feel no way about it. He was like, "Okay, I'm just stay home." And he's just a laid back kind of guy. So and then right now, he's still the same laid back kind of guy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, it's really not much that I've seen that affected him because he just be nonchalant and he just say, "Yeah, mommy, I'm fine." Like it's, he just <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's my child. So I don't see anything that he's emotionally affected since this pandemic I haven't seen anything he hasn't shown me anything so I think my child
0: is good well that's you know that's very fortunate and good to hear yeah. Um. so what have you guys learned about your child during this pandemic and what have you learned about yourself being in a house with you and your child every day all day oh tell me my about that gosh, my
3: child is something else so I'm going to tell you what happened right so um one day, he was acting up, because my child, he doesn't stay in his seat when he's in his remote learning. So, I was in the room, he was on the kitchen table, so, he was just moving back and forth, touching stuff, dropping his pencil, whatever, whatever. So, I was telling him, I said, I said, um, you need to pay attention before I pop you in front of your friends. He gonna say, they not my friends, I don't have any friends. (laughs) So, I'm like, um alright, you know what, you better pay attention before I pop you in front of your classmate, so then that's when he'd be quiet, so I'm like, alright, so I like, that right then, i like, alright I didn't need you to really think about what I just said, just, just pay attention when I said, <laughs> stop what you're
0: doing and pay attention
3: before I pop you in front of them but he would just into like, I don't have any friends.
0: So it was no smart Yeah. So I'm reply, like, like okay, uh-huh. they are my classmates. But, but I didn't, yeah,
3: it was it, yeah, my son, he's a comedian like I say, I wake up every morning to make sure he's up in early, not in the bed with a blanket over him. But at the end of the day, he's a smart young boy. He just a laid back, cool kind of kid. That's it.
0: That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Lay back cool kid. I love it. Um so what are some things that you guys have done with your um with your kids? Um, especially since uh, we've been on lockdown for so long up until up until recently. I know speaking to um, staff and, and students, some of them said, oh, we started Zoom, you know, weekly Zoom calls and uh, we FaceTime our relatives more. We have family game nights, movie nights. So what are some things that you do with your children to, you know, to have them feel more calm and see and show them like there's light at the end of the tunnel
6: um i would say that since things have gotten lighter um we've actually tried to like show her that they're like you can still live your life um you just have to be cautious about how much like you're doing and how much you're exposing yourself to everything I- in the world um we've taken her to the museum, we've taken her to things where she doesn't have to touch Mm -hmm. and feel everyone or touch Mm -hmm. other things. They always want to touch everything. Yeah, they always want to touch everything. Oh my God. And I think (laughs) teaching her that has been one of the biggest things with COVID is like you don't have to walk down the street and touch the sign that you just saw. Um So it's just teaching her that you can still go about life. It's just a still a little restricted safer, you know, a little safer.
0: Just minor restrictions.
6: Yeah. So that has been like our biggest goal right now is teaching her like, yes, you know, things happen in life, but that doesn't mean that your life stops. It just means you have to find a way around living and find something else that's important to you.
0: Uh, so, Taylor, what have you learned about your child and yourself during this pandemic?
6: Um, I learned that my child is actually more outspoken than I thought she could be or thought she was. Um, and I just, you know, have to oh, be she patient with her. Yes. Oh. Like, she is very... <laughs> nah. Like, she's, she's going to really tell you man. how she feels. Them egggames don't about. play.
3: Them a grade do not play, girl. man...
6: But I've also... Like, about myself, I've learned that I lack some structure. Um... I think the biggest lesson was... Was, um... Having to get up in the morning and make sure she was at the computer at 8 o'clock or 8.15 or whatever the time that the class started. And that after her break, she was back at the computer at that break. And... There were a lot of times when... not let me not say a lot. I might be dragging. There were a few times (laughs) when, you know, I missed the deadline. And she's like, Ma, it's 8.30. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Sign in. Hurry up.
0: She reminded you. like, Yeah. "Ah." So, I've learned
6: that there is... Even though you think you have structure, there's always a disturbance that makes you have to redo your structure. And if you're not focused on doing it, it goes out the window.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So, with all that being said, um, there's some families who were able to adapt to this new norm. There were some families that k- kind of struggled and had a hard time, and um, even till this day, you know, they are parents who feel very discouraged and feel like they're not doing enough for their child, feel like they're failing their child, feel like the school is not doing everything they can to make sure that they their child succeeds during this time so what advice would you give to um, parents who feel this way and still trying to adapt to the new norm
3: don't give up do not give up on your child with this new thing that everybody's going through this pandemic emotionally physically mentally or whatever do not give up it may be hard but somebody else may have it harder than you um. Yeah. So just, just don't. To me, I say don't give up. No matter what situation you gotta deal with, just do what you gotta do. But make sure you're there for your child because your child needs you more at that time because you know it's remote learning and it's also hybrid. Hybrid, excuse me. Um. So it's like you know it's it's everybody doing something different, new, new and different. So it's like. Parents who never did it before is learning something new. A parent who did it before who understand the computer system and understand about old technology, then they have more understanding to teach the child. But if you don't, you know, just don't get frustrated. You know, always be there, try to help your child as much as you can. Because so the end the day, the child don't can't ask teacher. The child's not near to teacher. The child only gonna be on a monitor talking to the teacher so if the child's with you they have a better understanding of what they're learning from so just just don't give up any child that's all because I ain't giving them mine so yeah I
6: love it I, thank you <laughs> I would agree um I would say the biggest thing is not giving up um but also it's one day at a time Yeah. and you know yesterday might not be as hard as the day before or today might be harder than tomorrow and you know you can't wake up always saying that i failed it yesterday so what's the point of doing it today because life changes and you know you might get it tomorrow and not get it the next day and it's okay you know we understand like life goes on and we're all gonna make mistakes and it's all gonna happen and this is an adjustment period But there's also a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, with everything opening up, you know, with the vaccine coming into play, with, you know, structures, um, scientists doing everything that they're doing to make sure that we have solutions. You know, I think soon enough, I, I honestly feel that by next year, we'll be back in the building and back to a different norm in life. And... The way that my my principal from my school that I work in says, it's like flying a plane while you're building it. Oh, you awesome. know, it's putting hmm. all the pieces together and figuring it out as you go. So just keep going.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Drop some deep gems. Like, <laughs> I really hope the parents who who are listening to this that they really take that into consideration and know that, um, you know, every, every day is a new day to. Um, just make it work and, you know, like Emery said, don't give up and, um, you know, because there are some people who have it worse Yes. and yeah, I just want to thank you guys for, uh, joining me, um, for today's, uh, podcast. I appreciate you both. You both are not only parents, but you are teachers as well. And you guys are essential workers and you do everything in your power to make sure, um, that your children get what they need. And I appreciate you for that. So thank you guys for joining. Thanks for having us. I'm Linasia Turner, and this is Scan Harbor's Reimagining School One Year Later podcast. Until next time.